Good evening, brothers and sisters. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedegar, and I'm blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford, Salisbury Center, and Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate those miracles together. I do have a couple announcements. Um, on our Monday uh, Thursday service uh, tonight we're going to do communion and obviously we can't do that if you're listening to this from home but what I would suggest is um, you know take a minute right now hit pause or something and go get uh, uh, crackers or so- and something to drink and you can do a love feast you can do a love feast when we get to the part of communion and I'm not going to go through all the communion on the recording Uh, But I will pause for the love feast so we can share that together. Um, Also, uh, Good Friday, we will have a service at Stratford United Methodist Church. That will be at uh, 6.30 p.m. We will be COVID compliant. And we also have uh, the ability to sit in a vehicle and listen from outside if you wanted to do that. Uh, We do broadcast over the radio for a short distance. Sunday, we are doing our three normal services, but we will do a sunrise service also at 6.30 a.m. And that will be uh, right here in Salisbury Center. It'll be at the covered bridge right down by the creek, not the restaurant, but down by the creek. So if you can make that, that would be great. I would love to see everybody. This evening's memory verse comes from Philippians 2.5. Philippians 2 5 it says let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus let us pray merciful Savior we've traveled this long dusty Lenten journey our feet are tired dirty aching and calloused you've shown us your love by becoming a humble servant humble us when we try to travel without you As Christ has washed us, so let us wash one another. Humble us when we believe some work is below us. As Christ has washed us, so let us wash one another. Humble us when we're too proud to accept help or care or love. As Christ has washed us, so let us wash one another. Humble us when we do not fully receive the gift of your amazing and bountiful grace. As Christ has washed us, so let us wash one another. Amen. Excuse me. Uh, Please join me in the call to worship. We are Jesus' disciples, following him even as he moves toward the cross, even as he wraps a towel around his waist. Even as he kneels to wash the filth from the feet of his friends, we are Jesus' disciples, longing to be faithful, even as the night grows dark. Even as betrayers loom, even as the powers that oppose the way of Christ press in around us. We are Jesus' disciples, struggling to love others, even as Jesus loved us. We are Jesus' disciples, gathered here to worship God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from John chapter 13, 1 through 17. John 13, 
1 through 17. It reads this way. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Tonight's message is titled, Not All of You Are Clean. Not all of you are clean. Before we get to the message, I want to remind you of something. Jesus was fully human and faced this week as such. So as we continue to celebrate Holy Week and hear the account of Jesus' sacrifice, I ask you to please, please, please keep that in mind. Jesus was fully human. All right. <clears throat> Tonight is Monday, Thursday. It's a night where we remember the last evening Jesus shared with his disciples in the upper room before his arrest and crucifixion. And this night, Christians commemorate the supper Jesus shared with his disciples, washed the disciples' feet, and instituted the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. The name Monday Thursday comes from the Latin mandatum nova, referring to the new commandment Jesus gave his disciples, to love one another just as he had loved them. But it wasn't supposed to be a once-a-year command. Some believe that the church has turned Monday, Thursday into a ritual over the years. I read that the Pope used to find some beggars, or as people would go find some beggars, and then he would very publicly wash their feet. They say the monarch of England used to do the same until it got to be too uncomfortable. From what I read, now they apparently just hand out money. They've called it Monday money. 
Maundy Money. Once a year they do this. But it was never supposed to be a ritual. It was supposed to be a way of life. And I pray it becomes a way of life for each one of us to serve each other. So last Sunday, we recounted Jesus' humble but triumphant entry into the city of Jerusalem. We could almost hear the cheers of the crowd as he made his way along the cloak and palm-covered road. We discussed the different viewpoints of the people in the crowd and what they were thinking or what they were hoping for. The people that weren't followers of Jesus wanted to know who this man was. The people who had been following Jesus announced that he was a prophet. And the disciples, of course, thought they saw their leader coming to announce his earthly kingdom and abolish the rule of the Romans. We all agreed that the only thing Jesus saw and was focused on was that old rugged cross and the will of his Father. So how did the rest of our Savior's week go? We immediately witness his righteous anger as he enters the temple and dries out the money changers. We read this in Matthew 12, I'm sorry, Matthew 21, 12 through 13. Then Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who were selling and buying in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. And this was the seed planted that started the chief priests, scribes, and elders to plot and plan on killing him. They would spend the rest of the week questioning our Lord, questioning his authority, and trying to trick him so they could kill him. But they agreed to wait until after the festival for fear of riots by the people. Well, Jesus continued to teach in the temple daily, ignoring the ongoing plot to kill him. He was on a mission, and he knew the end was near. Jesus refused to let the circumstances prevent him from doing the will of God. And neither should we, by the way. We read that Jesus continued to preach, teach, scold, warn, and once again, predict his crucifixion as the week went on. And then we see where Jesus went to, I'm sorry, we see where Judas went to the chief priests and offered to turn Jesus over to them. It was right after the woman anointed Jesus with a very precious, expensive ointment in the house of Simon the leper. Some of the disciples had questioned why she would waste the expensive oil instead of selling it and giving it to the poor. And we hear Jesus scold them, telling them she did it for his burial, which, of course, they still didn't understand. But the seeds were planted. Judas of Iscariot decided to devise a plan to betray our Lord and Savior to the religious leaders for 30 pieces of silver. So we fast forward to the Passover meal, the Last Supper, as we call it. Our scripture reading earlier recounted Jesus washing the feet of his disciples and teaching them the value of serving others. I think it's important here to point out that Jesus also washed the feet of Judas even though he knew Judas would betray him. I think that fact itself should remind us to serve everyone, even those that we think are unlovable, even those who've hurt us in some way. So we continue in the book of John and read more of what happened during that Last Supper. 
John 1, 18 through 30 reads, I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But it is to fulfill the scripture. The one who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I tell you this now before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am he. Very truly, I tell you, whoever receives one whom I send receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. After saying this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and declared, Very truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he was speaking. One of his disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter, therefore, motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So while reclining next to Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. So when he had dipped the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. After he received the piece of bread, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, Do quickly what are you are going to do. Now no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the common purse, Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the festival, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the piece of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. In verses 34 through 35, we hear the new commandment from Jesus. He says, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And then, of course, Jesus predicted Peter's denial in verses 36 through 38. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. So the stage is set. And there's a lot more that goes on from this point leading up to the time in the garden. I'm sorry, we don't have more time to go over all of it, but our intention tonight is to celebrate the Last Supper with communion. I encourage you to get in your Bibles and read the account of Jesus promising to return, his promise of sending the Holy Spirit after his resurrection. And John 17 contains a most powerful prayer from our Lord. Listen to him as he prays for himself and his disciples and even all of us. So the time of celebration is over and soon Jesus Christ will be betrayed, arrested, and crucified. But that will be covered tomorrow night during our Good Friday service. We will begin his time in the garden tomorrow night. Let us pray. Holy, loving Father God, in our remembering this last night Jesus spent at the tables with his disciples, we can't seem to let go of the image of him washing his disciples' feet. We hear the mandate, you also 
ought to wash one another's feet. Where we can see one of your children who is unloved or forgotten, let us be ready to get a towel and basin. For the ones we don't see, we give our gifts. May your church always, always be ready to reach out and love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I have an invitation to the table that I'm going to do tonight in person. It's, and it's written by Scott Service. So, I'm going to do the invitation. And then, for those of you at home, if you want to get your... Uh, whatever you're eating, bread, pizza, meatballs, doesn't matter, <clears throat> and something to drink. Um, we're just going to do a love feast from at home. And if you remember, we've done quite a few over this past year. And that love feast is just to remember Jesus' time of breaking bread with the disciples and that fellowship between that body of Christ and the love that they showed between them. So um, go ahead and... and and get your stuff. And I will read the invitation. Scott wrote, The parade is in the past. The Hosannas have hushed, and Jesus has retreated to an upper room to quietly dine with his disciples. We've been invited to the table to share in the mystery of broken bread and a cup of wine, challenging us to eat, drink, and remember together and to love and serve one another, just as Jesus loves and serves us. We've been invited to the table to see Judas get up from his seat and walk out the door, challenging us to look into our own hearts and glimpse the signs of our own acts of betrayal. So let's take our place at this table where we sense our brokenness and experience God's grace all at once. At this point tonight, we will be uh, doing communion, but at this point right now, uh, enjoy uh, the feast together. So eat and drink, and remember the fellowship of our brothers and sisters. Remember the love of Christ and the sacrifice he's made for us. Now, as you depart, or and listening to this message, remember that Jesus Christ, who bent down low enough to wash dirty feet and gave his disciples a new commandment to love one another. So may all the glory, honor, and dominion be his in this world and in our lives now and forever. Christ has given us a new commandment that we love one another as Christ has loved us. By this he said, everyone will know that we are Christ's disciples if we share that love with the world. And through this love, all things will be made new. Now receive the benediction. May the love of the Father, the tenderness of the Son, and the presence of the Spirit gladden your heart and bring peace to your soul this day and all days. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe and stay in his word. God bless you all.